Hello and welcome to episode 16 of On Air Bender, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast presented by Low Charisma Party. My name's Max. And I'm Dale. Welcome, audience. And hi there, Dale. <laughs> Hello there, Max. <laughs> How are you doing? I am doing well. Glad How to are you, this fine podcast? <laughs> it's just there's not a natural flow. I feel like that's what's missing. <laughs> Doing great, doing great, Dale. <clears throat> I uh, I played some uh, some Time Crisis at an arcade last night. Oh, so <clears throat> good! I just played that recently as well. Nice. I, you know, like riding a bicycle. It's that I was reloading by firing off the screen without the game even having to tell me. It's yeah, like a fuck skill yeah. I forgot I had, you know. <laughs> and that pedal, I uh, figured the pedal out pretty fast too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I did use the pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Flashing back to failing quickly. Uh, maybe that was the issue. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this week, listeners, uh, we will be discussing the 18th episode of Avatar The Last Bend- Airbender, uh, entitled The Waterbending Master. Uh, this had a historical place for me. Because I learned that waterbending is one word. (laughs) 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 Gotta go fix several (laughs) episode descriptions. Uh Uh, So presumably all the bending. One word. Uh, This episode originally aired on November 18th, 2005. It was uh, written by our Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior? Weird. Editing. Um, (laughs) Our, what's the word? Uh, Like patron saint. There you go. Of uh, this show, Michael Dante DiMartino, uh, who co-created the series, and is directed by Giancarlo Volpe. It's probably Volpe. A, a soft G, Giancarlo Volpe, uh, who seems to get some waterbending episodes a lot of the time, um, and strong women episodes too. He did Warriors of Kyoshi. Uh, mm-hmm. He did Bato of the Water Tribe. He also did the Great Divide, but you, you know it's like yeah, yeah, you, you win some, you lose exactly right, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> um, we will be discussing this episode here on the air, uh, thus mm-hmm. the name of this show, yep. and also we're on a bit of a bender. We are. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. There we go. Refreshing. Um. <laughs> For more episodes of this podcast, uh, believe it or not, we've done this like 15 times before. Yeah. Um, It sounds like it's our very first one, but (laughs) I like to think that's always the case. Keeps us new and fresh, you know? Never gets rote or repetitive. (laughs) Um, But to uh, seek that out and prove it to yourself, uh, I recommend going to onairbender.com for every episode of this podcast. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, Dale? Should we get into, uh, the waterbending master? I think so. I think we'll get into it. All right. Get into it. All right. Uh, Michael Dante, what do you got? (laughs) What are you giving us? So we start this episode with, um, the Angang sailing along on the back of our good friend, Appa. 
and Uppa is uh, sleepy, tired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's dragging a little bit, and he's um, apparently going slow. But what is obvious to us is he's going very low. There's like a a fish or something in the water. It's like our very first moment that mm-hmm. Appa then uh, scares the shit out of. <laughs> and it's like, well, <laughs> and that's a duck. And Appa zips along. <clears throat> and um, Saka is then uh, like commenting on that. He's like, can't this flying bison go any faster? And... Aang is a real dick about it. <laughs> and he's like, well, if you were flying forever, then you'd be tired out too. Why don't we all climb on your back? And then uh, Sokka is just like, yeah, go ahead. You should get on my back. And he wiggles his ass um, at us, the listeners, in a most uh, intriguing fashion. I mean, distressing fashion. Um, and... Uh, Katara, ever the peacemaker, is like, "Come on, guys, we're all exhausted. We're mm-hmm. um, goody two shoes." Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, "We're we're looking for the Northern Waterbending Tribe, and we cannot find them. It's really tough." And as she says that, they find them <laughs> uh, because right then, if on cue, <laughs> it's like, "If only you'd said that four days ago when this search started," <laughs> as apparently that's the trigger. <clears throat> um, spikes of ice shoot up out of the water, and and we see that they're flying amidst uh, uh, icebergs, much like in the early episodes, mm-hmm. um, because they are at the North Pole or very near it. Um, they've left the aforementioned taiga for full on <laughs> um, uh, tundra. <clears throat> Starts with a T, right? Exactly. Uh, tip top of the planet is what the <laughs> geologists call it. Uh, and so it's not that strange to see big uh, sections of ice, but the fact that it's jetting and spikes out of the water, well, that's downright unusual. That uh, is unusual. So they start dodging them and going, ah! And uh, before they know it, um, ice has uh, been... Uh, is animated and created and formed around Appa. And Appa just kind of stops. <laughs> and I guess he's frozen uh, to some extent. He's sort of stuck in the ice. And it's all very dramatic and scary as these ice paths reach out to them. Um, mm-hmm. When we uh, uh, pull, when we start to see ships coming at them and the the drama intensifies, but then it is immediately cut <laughs> when Katara is like, "We found them, the Northern Waterbenders," <laughs> and the um, the zoom out reveals all these ships coming in. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like they'd have to be like, "Don't shoot, don't shoot!" But we don't get that scene. We just <laughs> jump cut to um, everything's the, fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, to the uh, Fire Nation. Now we see um, Zhao. Uh, and he is... He's talking to his generals. What's he say? He says that the Avatar <clears throat> is traveling north and that uh, he must be traveling to the Northern Water Tribe because what else is up there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right, because he specifically reminds us and his his troops uh, that he has to be trained in waterbending. Mm-hmm. So that must mm-hmm. be what he's doing. 
Um, and so they're like, I'm fucking getting uh, the troops together and we're going to invade. God damn it. We're getting the band together. Mm-hmm. We're going to rock out on the Northern Water Tribe. Uh-huh. It's going to be a sweet tour going on. <laughs> and they all get uh, shirts printed up that on the back is the every city that they're going to stop in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while the shirt uh, mill is, is up and running. The Conquest um, Tour. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we see the Ang Gang being uh, brought in to the um, Northern uh, Air, or sorry, Water Tribe, and they—it is huge. We see this huge wall uh, made of ice uh, between two natural uh, uh, icebergs, and there's a huge inset Water Tribe symbol in the ice, and. They're like, oh my god, it's huge, it's beautiful. And um, Sokka has this moment where he's like, we're finally here. And when he said that, it reminds you, it reminded me, that the uh, we're near the end of the season. And we have gone a far journey here. And I totally can imagine that our heroes doubted that they'd ever reach this moment. You know, mm-hmm. that there were plenty of times when the end seemed to never be in sight. Um, and so it does feel very, um, not just triumphant, but kind of cathartic, you know, to finally yeah. reach the end of this journey. <clears throat> also, though, the animators go nuts because, <laughs> or I guess like the background painters, because we they go insane. start witnessing the like grandiosity of the, of the Northern Water Tribe. A tribe doesn't feel like quite an apt descriptor. <laughs> Kingdom, perhaps. <laughs> yes, I agree. Great, great word for it. Um, they lower sort of like a giant uh, door, like a portcullis kind of style thing, um, all again made of ice. They move into this huge chamber where uh, they're in sort of like a big, uh, uh, like a square of ice. Um, and up it's on like the like a lock system, right? Yeah, right. Because there's all these uh, uh, water benders on like perched up there, and. Um, the waterbenders all lower these walls of ice in sections, allowing water to spill in. And it's like the locks, like the Ballard locks in Seattle, because that raises the water level and allows them to proceed uh, into uh, the the, the inner chamber, I guess. But really, we kind of get a glimpse of how there's like lots of these, almost like a grid work of these, um, like you said, lock system. Uh, we also see in the distance the city, and it is huge. Again, animators went cuckoo because they like they you know it really does create this. Like I said, wow, sitting on my couch in the living room because like it, it, it's um, you know we've seen big kingdoms, we've seen big cities, but we had in our heads the Southern Waterbending Tribe, and so to see like again sort of that cathartic moment of like they're here. And it's everything they expected and then some. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. rug is not pulled out from under, which is a, it's a nice, triumphant, safe feeling. They, our heroes are safe. Um, also, that is sort of compounded by the fact that as they're entering, you're seeing all the protective um, systems they have in place. Mm-hmm. Because we just witnessed Zhao being like, we're going to fucking wreck the Northern Water tribe. Yeah. <laughs> and so to see, like, that's... No, no easy task is kind of a nice, exciting feeling. Um, they are then uh, allowed to have this um, nice 
uh, evening. There's this big presentation, and the um, the uh, chieftain, I guess, the tribe leader, mm-hmm. uh, who was voiced by character actor uh, John Polito, who is no longer with us, sadly, but he's one of my favorite character actors. Um, he was uh, the mob boss in uh, Miller's Crossing. Would be like, okay. I'm sick of you giving me the hi hat. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a bunch of Coen Brothers movies, and he's awesome. Oh, he's also in uh, in uh, The Big Lebowski, where he's like, I'm a private dick, man, like you, my brother Seamus. <laughs> so he's that guy. Uh, and DeVito, maybe? Probably not. That's Danny DeVito. John Polito looks like he could be a Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Polito, DeVito, and Pesci. Those three, I feel like, could have been <laughs> sort of the, the brothers Caballero yeah. or whatever, you know? <laughs> Anyway, um, good movie. <laughs> yeah, you're well. writing a great movie. I like it. Let's <laughs> okay. do this. Let's make this happen. Uh, so, um, the big feast is awesome and exciting. And uh, once again, you're sort of given the sense. So we see this huge crowd of people, mm-hmm. and the the chief is like, um, like our we want to honor the Southern Water Bender uh, Saka and Katara that made it all the way up here, and everyone's like. And he's like, also, we thought he was Gonzo, but he's real, the (laughs) Avatar. And everyone's like, blah! And he's like, also, my daughter is of marrying age. And this uh, pretty white-haired lady, who they kind of uh, sidelong glanced as they came in originally during the day. uh, And she's like, hi, I'm going to get married maybe one day. Foreshadowing. (laughs) 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 And everyone goes, blah! And uh, again, like this gathered masses really made the kingdom feel huge and powerful. It made the world feel more lived in. It mm-hmm. made our our hero's journey feel more triumphant and um, uh, on the right track. You know, the heroes are where they need to be. Um, so really effective um, sort of emotional storytelling, I guess. Um, then we uh, witness the... Um, Introduction of the eponymous waterbending master who comes up to Aang in the evening and is like, Aang's like, oh man, I'm so excited to train with you. And he's like, yep, you're totally going to train with me. That sounds good. And uh, he's like, so just give us a couple days of chilling, relaxing. We've fucking been busting ass for several (laughs) months. And he's like, "Uh, relax all goddamn day if you want to not ever be trained, jerk. (laughs) Because in my school, we start tomorrow morning, uh, and, you know, you fucking better be ready. I'm going to hand and you And this is ass. after his uh, uh, Master Paku has, like, proved himself by doing a demonstration at the dinner. That's right. Oh, that's so, right. That's yeah. another big part of it. Is There's a reason we should believe that he's Mr. Badass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he whips water all around, and he, like, I don't know, makes some ice thing happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does some stuff, rinses off, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and Ang's like, Ugh, like I gotta get up early. Oh, it's man. Saturday. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, meanwhile, we uh, oh, and also Saka has an opportunity to during the dinner to he's seated next to. Um, the white-haired princess. By the way, everybody else is is got um, dark, you know, basically black hair, um, just like the Southern Waterbending tribe. Or if they're old, they have like gray white hair. But 
this young lady has like completely white hair and uh <laughs> she's in um <laughs> in the avatar the last airbender movie that everybody makes fun of um <laughs> and rightly so there's this like shot that people always show in the in the reviews because i've never seen the movie i just watched the like just <laughs> dragging them through the mud reviews uh-huh, uh-huh. and there's this like shot of like the chief and the water bending master and the princess all lined up and it's from the back of them looking at our heroes and the way they like do her hair with like the loops the silhouette, she just looks like a dick. <laughs> like a penis head. It's amazing. She doesn't look like that in the cartoon. It's almost like they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, and so Sokka gets to talk to her. And he's like, so he doesn't know what to say. And so he's like, you're a princess, huh? And he tries to claim he's a prince. And, and uh, Katara's sort of like <laughs> listening to all this. And she's like princess or a prince of what and <laughs> and uh i was kind of hoping that she'd be like getting to uh <laughs> getting to fish hooks caught in your thumb or something like <laughs> but uh he's like can you back off sister like if you want me to bother anyone other than you you will shut up and let me date <laughs> like <laughs> i presume you're sick of me <laughs> would you want me living with you for the rest of your life right exactly so <clears throat> he says that all in his eyes, and uh, she kind of uh, goes, all right, all right, flirt, good luck. <laughs> and uh, he says, uh, what does he say? She's like, oh, it's really nice to meet you. And he's like, we should do an activity together. <laughs> and she's like, um, what? Is that how people talk? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, bye. <laughs> and, and then Katara's just like, you really are great with women. <laughs> and he's like, go fuck yourself, sister. <laughs> and she says, sounds like you'll be having to fuck yourself because you're never going to see that puss. See that perfectly white bush? <laughs> all They all say that in the episode. Is that what they say? It's, mm-hmm. Seems crass, but maybe, uh, maybe I just missed that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're half paying attention. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> so then we cut to the um, uh, Sokka and uh, Iroh's ship. Uh, and Sokka and Iroh's ship? Mm-hmm. Zuko and mm. Iroh's ship <laughs> are the names of those characters. Uh-huh. I have the... I sense a cut in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's written right there. Zuko. I have the notes in front of me. <laughs> and... Um, they are having a truly lovely time. Now, Zuko's not there, but uh, Iroh and his uh, friends, <laughs> other you know soldiers on the ship. Formerly uh, crew, now just friends. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, long journey they've been on You know, mm-hmm. this season. They've really gotten to know each other. And um, somebody is playing like a stringed instrument, and uh, they're all gathered around a little fire on the deck of the ship, and it's nighttime. And uh, Iroh is singing, uh, right? Do I have that right? Uh, yeah, it's music night. Yes. And there's two uh, soldiers that are uh, dancing together. It's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> they know each other so well. They're just like, yeah, we'll do traditional ballroom dancing together. No big deal. And uh, they seems like they're really having a great time <laughs> when uh, that is completely ruined by series villain... <laughs> Zhao, I guess season villain Zhao, mm-hmm. um, who again is voiced by Jason Isaacs, who we know as uh, the 
Malfoy's dad? Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was also the captain in Star Trek Discovery. Um, or was he? Spoilers for Star <gasps> Trek Discovery. Uh, so uh, he busts in with his dudes and he's like, this ship is my ship. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, uh, I'm taking it to go after the uh, airbender and you're all jerks. And uh, we cut to Zuko in his bedroom and the uh, door is is opened, and Iroh's like, hey, sorry, but... And Zhao's like, <laughs> but you're fucking fired, bitch! <laughs> and, and Zuko's like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, like, uh, by the fucking firebender decree, I am now taking command of this ship as part of my fleet that I'm going to invade and steal the Avatar, and you ain't shit. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. Then uh, he notices this uh, pair of swords that we have seen on uh, the bedroom wall of Zuko many times before, crossed and, like, ornamentally uh, mounted to the wall. And he's like, huh, I didn't know you uh, like swords. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we get a bunch of jump cuts to the blue spirit with his blue spirit mask on and two swords that look very similar broad swords i think he calls them yeah and fighting and he's got the avatar with the swords in the neck and Zhao's there like i hate you and then we cut back and uh he's like i didn't know you like swords so much and uh all suspicious and zuko goes it's the fucking medieval times everybody likes swords (laughs) (laughs) and and uh, it's actually kind of great. The uh, uh, once again, um, uh, Rufio does some great voice <laughs> acting um, because he's like, he sounds kind of sad about it. He's like, they're only ornamental. Like, sadly, I'm not trained in them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he does a good job. Like that is what you'd say if you were, if they truly were only o- ornamental. Um, now we, the audience know that he's covering up because he is the blue spirit, but, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that also could double as sort of like a, sadly, I don't get to be a fucking badass. I would love to blue spirit all goddamn day. Like, <laughs> like the blue spirit could have been this world's Batman, you know? It's true. <laughs> I want to, I want that comic series. <laughs> um, so uh, he is just like, huh, weird. Okay, well, anyway, I own you. Bye. Bye. And, uh, <laughs> well, and then he offers a job to Iroh. Uh, yeah. Insult the injury. <clears throat> oh, he says, like, I want you to come with me, Iroh, but not you, Zuko. Yeah, come be my in my command and rule like you, you know, conquer like you, you didn't get a chance to conquer before. Ah, uh, yes. Um, right, because we learned earlier that uh, he, back in the day, tried to invade Bossing Se for like a year, and it never worked, um, or for several years. And so, uh, yeah, he's kind of referring to that. Yeah. It sounds like. And Iroh says, "Nope, nope. I, uh, I'm down with my Zuko brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My nephew is kind of all I have going these days. So, uh, <laughs> have fun with your crazy plan, Zhao." And, uh, so, uh, he then, does that happen later that night? He says, uh, 
Zuko's like, I am so fucking mad. Oh, because he kind of like goes at Zhao. And uh, and Iroh's like, chill out. And they kind of like have their back and forth. And then Zhao leaves. And then Iroh's like, well, I know you're mad, but I'm going to go take a walk. And I think it'll clear your head. It's a lovely night for a walk. And Zuko's like, I'm going to sit in my room and fume. (laughs) And he's like, that seems healthy. All right, well, bye. And then we cut to uh, Zhao. And he's like, uh, you know your job, and I've paid you well, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it cuts to who he's talking to across his desk is, so presumably back on his ship, and is a group of pirates uh, that we know from the waterbending scroll. Which... Yeah, it doesn't... <clears throat> I mean, there's some uh, Katara Aang stuff in between that, but yeah. Oh, what's the Katara Aang stuff? Um... The the where Katara says, "Oh, I'm great. I would love to learn from this real master." Finally, finally, and he says, "Nope." That all happens. Yeah. Oh, because it's like all these scenes that I'm describing with Zuko are all at nighttime. So in my brain, it was all of that <laughs> one like night. <laughs> okay, so uh, we cut back to uh, the Aang gang, and um, oh, by the way. Uh, speaking of the earlier mentioned uh, terrible Avatar The Last Airbender movie, mm-hmm. um, apparently not only do they say Aang is Ong, they also say Iroh is Iro. And I would like to apologize to the listeners for the fact that I've been saying Iro this entire podcast. <laughs> because I, I didn't watch the movie, mm-hmm. but I've... I also don't feel like that many people say Uncle Iroh in the first season. <laughs> and so, like, or General Iroh or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I've read the name more than I've heard it, which seems weird. Like, I don't know why that would be. Maybe just reading, like, episode <laughs> descriptions or something. But, like, that is how it would be pronounced in Japanese. And, like, in my brain, this is like an Asian culture. <laughs> and so I like default to the Japanese pronunciation, yeah. which is the, the one that I have a passing familiarity with. And so it would be Iro. But so you're the guy who orders a croissant at uh, <laughs> Starbucks then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I say, actually, it's Godiva chocolate, not Godiva. <laughs> so go fuck yourself, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ancient art of karaoke. uh and so yeah i'm a real fucking asshole but also i just thought that was his name because not that many people are saying iroh and then um i had it pointed out to me that it's that the it's just as much of a sin that the movie said ong as it is that the movie said iroh so (laughs) sorry about that also like again two a's if i read that i'd say ong you know, yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, it's just it's one of those cultural things where you're like, yeah, the original culture says this, but we here in America say this, and it's right. weird that you say it the original way. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, the the fact that the movie changed the names is a great thing you can point to. It's a great symbol of how little um, respect or even like familiarity that the mm. movie had with the animated series. And so I feel very ashamed that I also... <laughs> As su- you should. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so hopefully 
I want to really like double down here. Consider yourself movie. reprimanded. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. I know that's what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, co-host. May I have another? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so now we have the scene where, um, like you said, uh, Ang goes up to Paku and is like, "All right, I'm ready to train." Cause it's the morning and I'm on time and uh, Katara's like, and me like, I'm super psyched. Like you said, to be trained mm. yeah, by a real waterbender. A real waterbender. And uh, he's like, train. What are you? You're a lady. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm going to train Aang cause he's a man, but uh, traditional gender roles are pretty important to me. <laughs> And she says, you know, pretty, pretty, like, I think we could all set our watch to Katara's reaction, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, totally sensible reaction. Yeah, she's Which, not wrong. <laughs> she's like, that's fucking uh, primeval. What is up with you, old world? It's 2018, idiot. And uh, he is just like, no, bye. Go. If you want to train, you're not going to fucking train to fight. You're going to train uh, to heal. Um, and, uh, there's an old lady that'll do that for you. You go to, and, uh, yeah. And so you go to, you go to, you go to, you go to, and she, and she says, all right, as fucking sweet as that was, <laughs> I'm not down to going to, you go to sense <laughs> to me go to, as I will call her, uh, since I want to fight. And he's just like, nah, dudes fight. Bye. And so she's like, we'll see about that. And she proceeds to get women the vote. <laughs> uh, no, she goes to uh, Yagoda's uh, pagoda and there's a bunch of kids. And she's like, are you here for the training? And she sees all the little girls and she's like, I guess so. And she seems to really be swallowing her pride. But she's still going to learn something. So she goes. Um, also, there's a cool little moment before she walks in where we see like a a man, like a black mannequin, like a dark black, like human shape, and it's like carved from wood or something, and it has like a grid carved into the chest, and there's water running through the grid, and it's the water is being made to glow by mm -hmm. presumably mm -hmm. Yagoda, and so we sort of get this sense of like how healing training works in this world, um, and the idea of like locating being able to sort of like visualize in your mind's eye where the water is on someone or presumably even in someone if there's like internal medicine um, in this world. Um, and uh, the dummy, I guess, is sort of akin to like a CPR practice dummy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, and just to clarify, though, uh, she didn't challenge him to fight at that time. Well, uh, she doesn't say, I want to fight you. She yeah. says, I want to fight. Like, he's like, well, you can train. You can heal. And she's like, I don't want to okay. heal. I want to yeah, fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and so, Aang kind of steps up and says, well, if she's not going to learn, then I'm not going to learn. That's right. She, and, and then she's, she's like, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Yeah. You're the savior of the world. <laughs> sort of a big deal. <laughs> uh, and then um, in the meantime, uh, Soka... Now I'm terrified it's Sokka and I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> uh, goes to uh, sees Yue, Princess Yue, right? I, you got me terrified as well. I'm not going to take a stand. 
(laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's like, hey, there, you way hot, and it's way cold, so I can tell, because you're steaming. (laughs) And and she's like, you are adorable, and we should totally hang out and do a thing, do an activity. She uses it back at him, and he's like, ooh, yeah, I know that was awkward. And he's like, you know, an activity. At a place, at a time, <laughs> and uh, and she's like, "Agreed." That bridge tonight, tonight, baby. And he goes, "Shut it!" And uh, says, "Sounds good." And he splashes right in the water because uh, <laughs> it's like there's canals here, and she's like on a boat, and he's like walking alongside the boat on the you know ice sidewalk, <laughs> and. Uh, with comedic timing, he nearly kills himself. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, and she's like, oh, God. And he's like, it's fine. And he, he like pulls himself out of the water and he flops on his back with his feet sitting in presumably icy cold water. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, this guy's going to get hypothermia. That thing exists. For sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I wondered if maybe his lack of reaction to that meant that, like, the waterbenders are, like, heating the water somehow. Or maybe there's, like, some sort of natural vented warmness mm. that yeah. doesn't melt everything above it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it'll be revealed next episode that there's a hot spring somewhere nearby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, who knows? So, um... He lies there on his back, just feeling like a million bucks, because the cute girl he asked out said, "Oh yeah," and oh, uh, and he, he 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 soared in his heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I "Relate, man. I know that feeling well. That was a good one." He soared in his heart right before the sword in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> That's such a good twist that if this were made into a movie, M. Night Shyamalan would be an excellent director. <laughs> uh, this is the Pariah Podcast. <laughs> where Thanks we... for listening, folks. <laughs> what other fandoms are beloved that we might invade? <laughs> Let's go shit on somebody else's fandom. <laughs> hey, Doctor Who, you're bad. <laughs> um, uh, just kidding. After the Last Airbender is amazing. But not kidding, Doctor Who is bad. So, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> also get to watch um, uh, Aang training with uh, Paku. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shows him some good stuff. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, man, it's so difficult to do this. And he's like, maybe you need a simpler form. <laughs> and Aang's like... Jesus Christ, what a dickhead. Uh, and the thing is, is like he's basically just being tough, but like mm-hmm. the show plays it like he's being like insurmountably difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Where Aang's just like, I can't work with this fuckhead. <laughs> but he's just like, maybe you need to work harder. And he's like, how dare you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and Aang, Aang goes into the Avatar state and he murders Pagu. <laughs> It melts the whole city. Uh, and so he's like barely keeping up, but it seems like he kind of wants to quit. So then we cut back to uh, uh, Zuko, and he's lying in bed, being mad. Um, Iroh's on his walk, 
and he hears a noise. Oh, because previously we'd seen Zhao go, hey, pirates, from a previous episode. Murder. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> and they go, aye, aye. And uh, so then, and we see that they have, the, to, to remind us of who they are, we see they have that um, terrifying reptile parrot. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes its uh, primordial screeching. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so then Zuko is like lying in bed and he hears a noise and he's like, Iro, Uncle Iro, is that you? And he walks around and he's all alone on his ship, his uh, soon to not be his ship, you know, and uh, which I guess the ship wasn't commandeered. It's more the crew is taken. Yeah. uh, uh, So then Zuko uh, walks all the way to the bridge and he's like, that's kind of weird, like that I'm hearing noises. But like, um, oh, and I think we see a quick little moment before he walks out where there's, like, pirates sneaking around, and one of them's like, be careful with that blasting gel. And uh, so that's not, that's never a good sign. <laughs> that's never a good sign. And uh, Zuko walks up to the bridge, and he's just like, huh, I guess it was nothing. <laughs> and he <laughs> turns and looks out the window, and there's that fucking terror parrot. The iguana parrot, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it has the grim <laughs> specter of the reaper. <laughs> and, uh... And Zuko's like, what the fuck? And then... (laughs) And the sequence of the explosion plays out very compellingly because we see the explosion and he hears the rumble and he feels the rumble. And when we see the, like, explosion kind of, like, like, uh, flash down a, like, a corridor of some kind within the Mm -hmm. ship. And there's this kind of moment where it's like, oh... Like, it's for the split second, we're like, oh, thank God he went to the bridge because it was his bedroom that was going to be destroyed. But, nope, because the explosion continues <laughs> up and we see the ship from afar and there is this huge explosion that blasts out from the, um, like, the, the tower of the ship where the bridge is. And uh, Zuko dies. Yeah, end of uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Good night, everybody. Uh, Uncle Iroh is just like I think that might be when he's like good luck up in the north to some like random soldiers that are walking away with supplies and then he's like oh wait what's up with the ship (laughs) and it explodes and he's like well time to walk back to the ship (laughs) (laughs) and he's like Zuko no and he kind of like you know accepts the fact that his surrogate son also died (laughs) And so then um, Katara is back with Yagoda. May- we're maybe getting this a little out of order, but um, he's, she's back with, uh, like, at, at the end of a uh, training session for the healing waterbending. Um, and all the kids are dragging the weird dummy out <laughs> of the classroom. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Yagoda is like, Oh, Katara, I did not realize you were uh, betrothed or engaged to be married. That's very exciting for you. And she's like, what? And she's like, you're wearing the thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh. this is uh, this happened the first time that she went to Yagoda. This is all one scene. I thought it, there's it intercuts, at least, because when it cuts back, the like children are leaving. That's all I know. Yeah. But uh, fair enough. 
so uh, she's like, uh, Yagoda's like, yeah, you're wearing the thing. And it turns out that the choker is like a betrothal thing. The, tr- the little choker necklace that uh, with mm-hmm. the little uh, jangly. That, the one uh, Zuko had. Yes. And Katara's like, no, 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 my grandma gave this to me. And she's like, well, I recognize that carving. Your grandma is the grandma we all know <laughs> from the pilot. <laughs> And uh, she's like, you know, Grand Grand? And she's like, yeah, she freaking used to live up here. I was, We were buds. We were sorority sisters. We palled around all the time. <laughs> we and, get drunk together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, she, Katara is like, that's fucking crazy. Why did she leave? And, and Yagoda's like, you know, I honestly don't know. Like, that was her betrothal thing that she gave you. And she's like, yeah, no, she gave it to my mom. My mom gave it to me. And she was like, yeah, no, it was given to her by a guy. And she um, she just peaced one night. She didn't even say goodbye. And she's like, so she didn't like the guy? And she's like, I don't know, man. She was, she was out. And uh, I've had a drink alone ever since. And <laughs> it's become an issue. I was and, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so now every night I get pissed. And it's uh, <laughs> really affecting my uh, healing abilities (laughs) and uh so um katara's like hmm (laughs) her eyes squint and she looks left and right and she's on the case (laughs) we cut back and ang has had just about enough of the teacher the master and what is it that pushes him over the edge exactly Oh, Aang teaches Katara that's what he's learned right. because they that's come up right. with a little plan. That yeah, he'll right. just teach her. Yeah, and she's like, "That's perfect for everybody because you can then practice more by like, teaching someone else. You're going to learn it even better, and I get access to this knowledge that's being denied me by the old sexist." And uh, she's like, "Everybody's happy," and Sokka's like, "I'm not happy." Oh, because he went to uh, the bridge to have his date. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, it's really great to see you. And she's like, I never should have agreed to this. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's, uh, so he's all like heartbroken slash confused slash angry. And so then he's like, I'm not happy. And Kantara goes, well, yeah, but you're, you're Sokka. You're literally never happy. <laughs> and he's like, damn, bitch, hashtag real talk. <laughs> and uh, so then the next day, uh, he, the early morning, I don't know, in my mind, it was like crack of dawn before Aang has to report for training. He then trains like the previous day's knowledge to Katara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either crack of dawn or late at night, something. They're, something. He's tired either way. Right. And he's training uh, Katara, and he's like, Paku said that this is like the more less about moving the water and more about moving your emotions or something. And she's like, I got it, I'm great at this. And then, uh, but Paku, he he comes upon them, mm-hmm. and he's like, You're fucking breaking my thing. And she's like, I, He's like, I'm not breaking anything. I'm just trying to teach her. And he's like, You completely disrespected my entire culture. And uh, we, the sensitive viewer, are like, huh. <laughs> it's, like it's a layered, complex uh, issue. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you don't, you don't get it. I'm offended. It means it's real, the line you've crossed. And uh, I will not be training either of you. And she, he's like, 
I sort of have to save the world. And he's like, <laughs> I ain't training nobody. <laughs> Neither of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he enters the Avatar State and murders everybody. Uh, so then uh, Katara, all three of them, uh, the Yang Gang, go to um, uh, the uh, to, to, to John Polito. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, require Master Paku to... To uh, to train you, and Katara's like, I, I genuinely yes, that's exactly right. And I was like, this is the Saudi Arabia of this world. Like, it is established in their culture that women don't have the same rights and that they have a different role than men. And like, am I against it? Absolutely. But like, anthropologically, that's my cultural judgment. Like. You come from a culture where their cultural beliefs are not that. Right. And, like, I don't know. Do you go and wipe out the first culture? Or (laughs) (laughs) you force your beliefs on them? Yeah. Yeah. They're effectively forcing their beliefs. And, uh, I don't know, maybe a little uncomfortable. But at the same time, not a bad, like, clinching point that, like, like the winner of the argument goes to who has to save the world. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, I can see it. But um, and so and so actually at this point, uh, Katara's not even saying like train me, I'm a lady. She's just like at least training. Yeah. And he says no, right? Correct. Yeah. Because and- I think they wanted her to apologize, and she's like, I'm That's not going to apologize right. to That's that what it is. fucking fuck for him being a bigoted bastard. Right. Right. A sexist piece of shit. And because uh, because they're like. He's like, what do you want me to force? John Pluto's like, well, you want me to force him to do it? And he's like, I can't do that. And and he's and Paku's like, well, I will if you apologize to me, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like, so you really don't want her to apologize yeah. then? <laughs> you know exactly what that's going to – a reaction <laughs> that's going to provoke. Yeah. And uh, But Katara goes, I'm going to fight you. And I will be like, let's take this outside, bitch. Like, I will be waiting outside the bar. And when you walk out, I'm going to give you a goddamn pounding. <laughs> my, I'm not going to apologize s- to a sour old man like Paku. And she he says. Smashes a couple pots. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I'll be out front. Fucking find me. And it's, you know, after school, three o'clock by the church. <laughs> be there. <laughs> and she storms off. And, uh, and. Ang's like, um, she didn't uh, mean that. And Sokka's like, pretty sure she meant that. <laughs> pretty sure she meant that. So, um, somehow she goads him into coming out. Because he does. He meets her out front. Well, first we cut to the Fire Nation camp. What's happening there? And over a cup of tea, Iroh is telling Zhao of the attack on Zuko. Oh, yeah. Zhao is, quote, unquote, devastated by the news. Well, he sort of goes like... <laughs> and smiles slyly. <laughs> <laughs> and Zuko, and uh, Iroh's like, the thing is, I know who did it. And Zhao's like, you... <clears throat> you, uh... <clears throat> you what? What, now? what do you... What? <laughs> and he's like... It was those pirates. We encountered them before. He's like, whew, yes. Whew. It was the pirates. Damn I bet. pirates. Oh, uh, oh, I mean, oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. I can confirm 100% it was the pirates. And only the pirates, not me. 
<laughs> also, this is the first I've heard of any Byron <laughs> being hired by anybody. <laughs> and uh, Ira's like, it's just really sad that my freaking... Uh, he's like the uh, emperor when he learns that his son died. That's really going to make him sad. It's definitely an emotion he possesses. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so that is there then the scene when the reveal occurs, wh- uh, where the guard walks up? No, not yet. Okay. So then we find- Iroh takes him up on his offer though for a job. Oh, okay. So that's when we learn that he's like, "Yeah, I'll join your crew. Um, I'll be whatever." And- <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting patiently. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, no, nothing was coming. <laughs> um, and uh, so then... So, um, so Katara's outside waiting for Master Paku to come out. Pacing. <laughs> and, and, and he so just ignores is, her. So right. she slaps him in the ass with some water. So, but he's he's like, just so he that's ran. it! <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's what I was confused by. Like, she's out front, so he just, like, had to walk by her? Yeah. To leave? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he she's he's like I'm not gonna fight a kid. That's stupid. And she's like, Well, I'm gonna fight you whether you want me to or not. And yeah, she <laughs> pulls out water and whips him. And yeah, that's it. And so begins a pretty badass battle. Yeah. Um, he's making big waves of ice and of water, and she gets knocked down a little bit, but she totally reroutes the water a lot of the time. Uh, she so she avoids it sometimes. She throws water back at him. She throws uh, ice back at him. There's, like, crazy towers of ice that he, like, drops into water and splashes at her. She, uh, the kids, everybody's watching, and, the like, the kids from the healing training, they're like, yeah! Like, <laughs> which I think is meant to say, like, they would love to fight too. Like, yeah. it's not just Katara. It's like yeah. all the women of the tribe would enjoy being trained in combat. And uh, so then, um, but it's very subtle. It's certainly not stated. Like, like John Polito is never like, no, no, those are our traditions. Like, it really does seem like Paku's the only one who stands firm on the whole, like, women don't get trained for combat thing. Um, and so then uh, at one point, Katara, like, gets splashed into this, like, thing of water and she, like, raises this little tower of ice in front of her, of this, like, circular, like, cylinder of ice. And she starts, like, whipping sections of it, like, discs. Yeah, at, that's pretty cool. At uh, Paku. <laughs> and Paku's, like, woo, 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 like, trying to knock him out of the way. And one, like, swings right by him. And we see his face's reflection as it slow-mos across his face. Doesn't hit him, but goes, like, inches away. And he has a look of... Of terror, basically. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really creative way of showing that he is a little overwhelmed, that he's trying to keep up. Um, And he even compliments her at one point. He's like, you fight. You're not bad, basically. But uh, too bad you're a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Just goading the fuck out of it. (laughs) And uh, your uterus keeps you from fighting well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so but anyway like they could have showed a shot of him being overwhelmed but it's almost like by having it in the reflection it makes sure that to communicate that it's like a, a private moment like that's how he really feels mm-hmm. rather than like letting it show to her because he has to stay you know old dickhead white man <laughs> and, but he is also a master too so it maintains that masterhood like he mm. he will win 
she sure. does need to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it that kind of maintains that uh, his superiority, but re- that reflection kind of does kind of it, it shows that he ha- he does have like a begrudging respect for how well she's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's right. And uh, there's also some shots of Katara being kind of knocked over where her hair gets all loose mm-hmm. and flowy and she's like dripping with water and she's like on like the like on the ground like panting like trying to like you know get back up and we t- I, we haven't seen that side of Katara before that like push to extremes mm-hmm. uh, and messy haired and chaos and barely keeping up but also working her ass off and it's totally a cool side of the character to reveal um, it's also like a little bit attractive but anyway um, <laughs> then he finally like ends the combat by creating he like lifts all this ice and turns it into shards and they fly down and go all around her and she's like stuck and her arms are stuck up it's also a little bit attractive but whatever (laughs) um (laughs) and he uh, also in this process the necklace that she wears gets cut off of her and falls to the ground yeah and does he deliver some before he he discovers the necklace but before that happens does he like give her some like he walks right up to her doesn't he and yeah, he's I think like, so, yeah. Like, ladies don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's kind of a one-note character. <laughs> um, but then he sees the uh, the necklace on the ground, and he's like, oh, what, what, what? Oh, well, I remember what? this necklace. I gave this to... Uh, Kana. Kana? Kana, K- yeah. A-N-N-A. Let's do with Kana. Yeah. I was going to say Grand Grand, so that'll be fine. <laughs> I gave it to Grand Grand. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's so in, like, shock and disbelief that the shards that are kind of, like, um, you know, imprisoning or, 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 like, keeping Katara from moving, they slough back underwater, and so she's free. And, and as soon as the necklace fell, and it was probably midway through the fight, um, as soon as the necklace fell, I was like, Oh, he was the guy? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was just like, wait, so, like, the act of the necklace falling made me question whether the grandma was left because of sexism, which I thought was... Yeah. Like, that's interesting. Like, she was like, you fucking sexist dickhead. Like, (laughs) and, like, the grand-grand we met was not super fighty. She seemed very healy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But apparently, like, you know... He was probably like, you will walk five steps behind me in public at all times or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't Uh, my underwear clean? Right, right. Why are you always going out with Yagoda uh, drinking at the clubs (laughs) when my dinner is not ready? (laughs) And and, uh, she was like, me and Yagoda, fuck all night long at the clubs. (laughs) And it rules (laughs) because partying is awesome. (laughs) And he was like, no, partying is not fun. Like, he's a nerd. Yeah. It's my point. That's it your sucks. point. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's just like instantly taken back wait, to that. Nerds aren't sexist assholes. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> so he's an incel. And, but, but realizes in that moment that the heartbreak is what made him incel so aggressively. <laughs> and so it all kind of falls away. Um, the pain is a layer on top of, or the, the dickishness is a layer on top of the pain. So why did she leave? 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, who knows? So, who knows? Or, I mean, you know, maybe a friggin' foreign exchange student showed up and she was like, uh, you live in the Southern Water Tribe, huh? Let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> Followed him back. Um, so uh, she, there's this great moment where they piece it together. He is facing sort of toward us, but away to the right, holding the necklace and just like dealing with the pain. Like it's all coming back up again. And Katara is facing toward us, but away to the left. And she's like, well, wait a minute, but that would mean, and then that would mean like she's piecing everything together. And we cut away, like the scene ends there, but um, it really establishes in an image that the two of them are no longer against each other. Like their backs are to each other. They're both facing the world away from, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like they're in a, like an alliance now. They're the, the, uh, the uh, versus nature of their relationship kind of falls away. Yeah. Um, also though, there's a moment where he, she, Oh, she was betrothed and she resented that. I think that was the core issue mm-hmm. because he was like, she left because we were betrothed. Then she didn't like, the lack of choice because we cut very briefly to the audience watching this, the crowd that's gathered for this and um, princess uh, white hair. You me, <laughs> you, you, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> that pickup line doesn't do as well as I thought it would. <laughs> you me, you me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and then two stick figure gestures like slamming into each other uh, uh, right now. Now. <laughs> Uh, so we cut to uh, Yue, and uh, <laughs> and she kind of like is starting to tear up, and you're like, oh, that's why she's being such a weirdo. Uh, uh, so then, um, uh, after we cut back, to, we cut back to the uh, the main, uh, you know, great hall or whatever, where the where John Polito hangs out, and um, or they, Zhao. We cut back to Zhao. Oh, do we? And uh, what's going on with that guy? Well, uh, come back to Zhao and uh, General Iroh is is walking past a Fire Nation soldier, but then stops and quietly says that the plan is working perfectly. And Zhao's left by this point. Yeah, it's on. And... It's on one of Zhao's ships. So mm-hmm. yeah, so presumably he's on his way, um, and Iroh's with him, and. Uh, the soldier takes off his uh, faceplate, and we see a familiar scar. Oh, Zuko's not so dead after all. Um, and he's like, "Thanks for this, Uncle." And he's like, uh, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> and he replaces the faceplate, which are those cool skulls that we've mm-hmm. seen on the soldiers before. Um, and that's pretty much that scene, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, so at some point. Iroh knew Zuko hadn't died, mm-hmm. and they set up a plan to have him dress as a soldier and speak Yeah, on. which is why he joined um, Zhao uh, to be with his nephew. Ah, pretty clever writers yeah. of the show. Uh, so then we have the triumphant, we're all friends after all mm-hmm. scene, yep. where uh, Paku is like, all right. Yeah, crazy fiery lady. I'll train you. And she's like, "Yay!" And the avatar's like, "Yay!" And John Polito's like, "Yay!" But then uh, 
but then uh Yue is not yay. <laughs> they all turn to Yue and say, Say the thing we're all saying <laughs> And she goes, I can't and runs away. And uh Aang has uh, grown up a little on us because he goes, Go after her, man. <laughs> and and Sokka's like, Shit, you're right and he runs after her. Yeah. And I was just like, Nicely done, Aang. Like you you you're early in the season. You had no idea how to be around Katara. And now you're like, pretty smart little dude. And uh, there's hope for you yet. And so then uh, 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 Sokka runs up to Yue, who's um, on the bridge again. And he's like, so what the heck? Like, I totally get it. Like, you're not into me because I'm like a little... I'm going to say parochial. Is that the word we <laughs> this we learned this season? Um, I, I'm just a little dum-dum from a small town, but uh, and you're a big city girl, so I get it, but it makes me sad because like, I think you're fucking awesome. And she's like, you really don't get it. I think you're fucking awesome too. You get zip. <laughs> and, and she kisses him, and he's like, all right. All right, wait <laughs> now a second. Now I'm really confused. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, well, that's just how ladies are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> my, um, all my experience says that thus far, so... <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's not even confusing when yeah. they do chaotic things. It's just like, all right. <laughs> why, why suck a surprise? That's what makes me confused at this point. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but he's actually really good at voicing his layers. He's like, I am happy, don't get me wrong, but... I'm pretty freaking lost right here. And she's like, ding dong. Remember when I was crying when someone mentioned betrothal? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that I, little bit of foreshadowing there? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the payoff. I'm wicked betrothed, son. <laughs> and she's like, and like Moana, I'm going to do what my dad says, but I'm going to feel a tug toward my my want the whole time. My mm-hmm. want is you. My need is to do the correct thing um, that my society tells me to. And uh, we think maybe that's not true. Maybe her need is to follow her heart. Her want is to uh, follow her um, upbringing. Maybe that'll get resolved next week. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I mean, it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Entirely possible. <laughs> Um, and he's like, all right, well, I'll just remember this moment where you kissed me and I'll beat off happily to that. And (laughs) at least we end on a good note, right? With my non-bending hands. (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, I wanted to mention that the, um, moment where they're like, wait, you, uh, you were the one who was betrothed to my grand grand. Then it does the scene we talked about with, uh, the plan is working perfectly. Random soldier. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> because then by cutting and then cutting back pretty quickly, um, both of the twists align between a plot and B plot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of nicely structured. Um, let's... Oh, and the, the, the way everything ends is pretty cheeky too. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was that? Uh, well, with Aang uh, practicing with the waterbending master, and then he's like, "Isn't the 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 waterbender master says like, 
what are you doing here to Katara as she shows up and he he says so late right <laughs> and she's like wait I thought we'd resolve oh, oh you got me <laughs> all right sorry it's true I'm late I think I'm pregnant <laughs> and he's like that's why I don't want to train ladies <laughs> no. see now this is why I don't train women she's <laughs> uh, like psych He's like, yeah. "Oh, you got me." Yep, we're all we're all friends. I'm still an dun, 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 asshole. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the real twist was I'm still an asshole. Um, but uh, I was a little surprised that all it took was for him to remember why he's a dick, and now he's not a yeah. dick anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's not a very fulfilling payoff. His mm-hmm. his turnaround, his redemption. Um, but you know cartoon they didn't have a lot of time <laughs> yeah right, right it's a little it's it's truncated that's okay yeah um, the elements are there but uh you know i i don't see how they could have written it otherwise to make it pay off yeah again i really thought like i th- i really thought that it was going to be about um her convincing the whole society that they were backward and everyone going like her being like in my culture it's totally okay for women and what we've learned on our journey is how strong women are strong and the warriors of kyoshi and you know and then like you know i i don't know exactly but would bring every elevate this whole culture i thought there would be a culture clash but there's not there's one guy and <laughs> and the like chief is just like ah, i'm neutral about the whole thing <laughs> and uh and so it seemed like for it was a very personal conflict, but there were um, cultural ramifications that the episode didn't quite get into. Yeah. Other than that shot of the little girls being like, "We also love fighting." Well, I mean, I think the chief being um, neutral, but then suggesting that she swallow her pride and apologize is very much him coming from a patriarchal mm. point of view. Very true. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I also thought that the final training scene being where they had had their big fight was really cool because you see still the toppled and destroyed like towers and giant pots and stuff that they wrecked when fighting. And so it's like, it's almost like they'll let the scars remain as Mm -hmm. a sort of like, no, 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 like that's a bruise that's healing. Like I deserve that kind of thing. It's almost like the, a sign of humility from the whole city. Yeah, because cool. they could change it any time, right? I mean, they're yeah. It's all made out of ice, and they're waterbed. <laughs> right, right. It's it's all made of play doh, and they're children who can <laughs> you know play with that play doh. Um, they're 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 artists. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, also, um, um, when Sokka was learning that he knows exactly diddly squat about ladies. Um, he like holds up his hand in his, and he's got the like thick uh, gloves on and they're tridactyl gloves. And I'd never noticed that before. So he's yeah. got two, he's only got three gloves. And so he's live long and prospering all the time. <laughs> yeah. All all the live longs, <laughs> all the live long and prosper day. Um, yeah. Like I never, I presumably that had been animated quite a bit before. Not that he's in gloves all that often, but every once in a while. And it was the first time I noticed again, cool bit of world building that the, uh, fashion or the you know utilitarian snow wear is different in their world than ours. Thought that was neat. Um, and so the final shot is um, the 
Zhao on his ship, and they're like, we're approaching the um, northern waterbending tribe, sir. And he's like, excellent. Engage! The ship, like, belches fire. I guess that's like the engine kicking in or something. And we pull back, (laughs) and we pan up, and we see two more ships with them and their engines belch fire and then we pull her up and then eventually we're revealing the entire huge fleet all flashing in the distance their little flame uh, exp- uh, you know ex- uh, exhaust so we've got quite the challenge heading our heroes exactly. Um so it's a pretty Pretty spooky episode. Uh, when I think about it like this, it's like um, it's a good thing our heroes unkinked the emotional damage that they found when they got to their destination. Otherwise, they wouldn't be prepared for next week's battle. You know, it's true. Sort of like our heroes aren't just training; they're like, like you know. Presumably, this is unrelated to the Fire Nation, but. It's another example of, like, coming upon all these kind of fucked up little issues that they're sort of healing as they go along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what we've seen before is, like, they're very much the the traveling do-gooders. Mm-hmm. And, and that also holds true with the Northern Water Tribe. They've done good from their point of view. <laughs> <laughs> from their cultural point of view as we have established <laughs> yeah I mean it's really hard to say that there's not a like correct on the objective level truth here I I think though that like sexism just isn't okay <laughs> I right I just can't get past that cultural point of view that I know, but it's we like, should be equal <laughs> it's just yeah I don't know I guess it just seems like as long if there's a, like a if there's like a cultural decree that's like this group of people should act this way as long as those people are like or like as long as a bunch of that group is like that's my role cool thanks for handing me a role mm-hmm. human sheep over here doing it uh <laughs> that's fine the issue is only for like the 10% that's like um I don't enjoy what's been handed to me as long as those people can like move to a different group I think we're fine, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I think it's fine in in a social construct for some for a female to take up that female role banner if that's what they want, right? Um, right. True feminism means you can also cook dinner while yeah. barefoot if that's what you would get a joy out of. Yeah, if that's that's you who you are, then you should be able to do that. And I, yeah. I don't think that ang and his friends are necessarily saying that you know they're not forcing the waterbending master to take off his shoes and and start cooking (laughs) that would be pretty rad if they did (laughs) they're like now you have to do a hundred years in servitude to the other gender then we'll be even (laughs) but i think they're definitely kind of bringing up their they're starting the conversation Right. with their actions. And I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. Maybe um, in Legend of Korra, there'll be a very uh, matriarchal society in the Northern <laughs> Water tribe. They'll be like, ah, they started something, those hey. folks. Uh, 
uh, yeah, I am really excited for the two-parter. I have not watched it yet, but um, I am excited to to do so and review it on this episode because um, this really it feels more like a, a, a the third part to the for the whole the end of the season there. Mm, like this is sort of the part one. And yeah, it's, it's like the opener. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with it leaving off with uh, Fire Nation right outside the door there. You're like, well, I gotta watch now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, the previous episode ended with the like, ho, 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 we have air balloons now. Fuck yourself, everybody. <laughs> um, and so this has definitely been like a, a sprint to the finish, which is really cool. Really well structured. So some trivia. Yeah. The song uh, played by Iroh is titled The Four Seasons. Oh, yeah, I heard him mention something about the seasons. And it's a melody used a lot of time in the episode, as well as the two-part season finale. We Ooh. will see in the future. That's awesome that they turn uh, a... Uh, what's the word for that? When music is... Oh, there's a really good word for that. Diddle. Diddly. <laughs> so, Diddly-doo. <laughs> music in a movie... Diegetic. When music is diegetic, that means it's happening in the world and the characters are hearing it. There you go. And and so when a diegetic theme is then used for the actual like score of the piece, then it I always think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh I don't really have anything more to say about that, but I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um And according to the uh, DVD commentary, um Master Paku's waterbending trick of uh, trapping Katara in a cage of icicles mm-hmm. was inspired by a scene from House of Flying Daggers. Oh, yeah. I remember the House of Flying Daggers. Yeah. I saw that in the theater, and it was fucking crazy. So good. Um, I saw there was a director's commentary for this episode, and I got excited. I've seen two now total, and I'm like, oh, man. Gotta watch those shits. <laughs> Gotta watch them. Do you want to do animation news? Sure. I watch. I've been watching the animated show on Netflix called Big Mouth, which I'd written off as a sort of bullshit Family Guy clone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but then I'd heard several people were like, "No, no, no! It's super funny." And people whose comedic sensibilities I trust. So I watched it uh, through season one. I've just started season two, which is pretty new, I think. Um, and it's real fun. It's real funny. Um, it's uh, set in a middle school, and all our characters are like awkward teens that are just going through puberty. And there's a hormone monster that only the person <laughs> in puberty can see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, the, the hormone monster is, you know, lewd and disgusting and is like basically your body's doing this now. You have to deal with it. And the kid's like, oh, I hate that kind of thing. So that's the dynamic of the show. Um, uh, John Mulaney is one of our main characters, and he's a lot of fun. I really like that guy. Um, and he, his character is very, I don't know, relatable, I guess. He's a very good protagonist. Uh, and his best friend is the uh, titular um, Big Mouth, who's voiced by Nick Kroll, who co-created the show and Nick Kroll also voices the uh, hormone monster at least for the boys um, there's a uh, seventh or probably seventh grade girl um, voiced by Jesse Klein who's a great writer and comedian um, and she 
gets her hormone monster to show up in like the fourth episode, something like that. And she, that hormone monster is voiced by Maya Rudolph and she is a delightful character. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, so like, uh, like luscious and just like, (laughs) I mean, it's a monster. So she's like horned and furry and ridiculous looking, (laughs) but at the same time, she's like, like, (laughs) she's like, uh, Jesse Klein's like, you smell so good. And she's like, of course I do. I never wear deodorant and I only take bubble baths. <laughs> and she's just like so confident and like sure of her like hardcore uh, femininity. And it's it's delightful. Um, but then there's just got a great cast. Jason Manzoukas is in it. Um, uh, oh, why am I blanking from that one thing? <laughs> <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> a lot of a lot of trimming in this episode. <clears throat> no, not not the <laughs> the leader of the Lakota tribe, Big Mouth. <laughs> Born in eighteen twenty two. I mean save for later, but yeah, I meant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rat hole for later. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Oh, Jenny Slate, uh, is amazing. Fred Armisen is in it. Uh, and then Jordan Peele is the voice of, uh, the ghost of fucking Duke Ellington, who lives in, uh, the main character's attic. (laughs) And he's just like, like they go to him for advice and he's like, ah, you gotta remember. Like he has all this crazy, like jazz advice and... (laughs) Uh, Jordan Peele is hilarious and his personification of um, Duke Ellington is a lot of fun. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And the animation is pretty straightforward, but they do occasionally go on crazy sort of reality-breaking um, twists and turns. And so that's also pretty fun to see just from sort of a animation standpoint but it, but it's still oh the one thing that i really like about the animation that stands out to me is that um the eyes of the characters because you're seeing them close up a lot and so you see their eyes a lot mm-hmm. um they're not just black dots um or like on rick and morty how they're like basically buttholes yeah, <laughs> the yeah. pupils um these are like there's an iris and there's a circled or there's, sorry there's a pupil there's a color an iris color and that like the bottom half is split into three and they're all slightly different shades of that color. And so some people have green eyes and so you see the slightly different shades of green, some have brown, some have blue. It, it feels like real human eyes and it makes the characters a thousand times more relatable um, in a very subtle way. Like even like mean bullies or like mean older brothers or whatever, I'm like, you feel human to me because they, they have literally multi-shades, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's like some sort of scientific research or something that's been done into like, regardless of the animation around the eyes, the eyes are, are what people focus on and relate to and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that there was a study done that people actually donate more money. Uh, if there's a picture of a pair of eyes hmm. somewhere on the donation sign. Wow. Weird. Huh? So that's weird. It's human. It's those eyes that yeah, need the money. They feel like they're being watched or something. Or it's like it's like a, a, the money. Like why would I give my money to a cause? It's just abstract concept. Oh no no, there's a person that needs that money. Yeah. 
like our whole thing where we see faces and everything. Our mm-hmm. pattern recognition is like turned up to 11. The face on Mars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I hear a, a ghosts talking in the <laughs> static. I bet. I bet you do. Did you did you hear it? It said, Max. <laughs> uh, I think you should go into a sensory deprivation tank. You will have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> the shit you will think you witnessed. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was... Uh, oh, but by the way, I just want to mention that uh, Big Mouth is incredibly crude. It's like... it's. I think that the gross-out humor is smart, like it's clever, like a smart person being crass mm-hmm. is sort of the vibe, but not necessarily for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's also very sex positive. Like the aforementioned girl who uh, goes through puberty, um, either the the hormone monster or her mom, I forget who, uh, she and her mom have a great relationship, by the way. That's already like better than a lot of women portrayed on, young <laughs> girls portrayed on TV. Um one of the two of them convince her to check out her own vagina in a little mirror, a little handheld mirror, and she does so, and the vagina has the voice of Kristen Wiig, and it is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it shows a little vagina with a face, like, talking, and it's just like, this is the show. Like, it's... I think that this kind of humor has been used to be really stupid in the past, so I absolutely would understand if someone watched it and went, this show is really stupid. But... <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the this show uses it i would say very like um uh more a little more profoundly a little more high level um y- so using gross out to say more complex things about the world yeah uh, and about gender and about sexuality yeah. and about humanity it's interesting because that's you know generally been the the foray of the crude and uh and dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. And don't get me wrong, they're still sprinkled throughout really fucking stupid stuff. Yeah. But like I don't know. It's it's good. It's smart. It's not always good. It's sometimes dumb. They're very pleased with themselves when they do fourth wall breaking jokes <laughs> that I'm like, eh, okay, like yeah. you asked a lot. Like Um Like somebody goes says something and somebody else goes, What? And they go, Sorry, call back to last last episode. But the audience remembers. They're binging it. You're binging it, right? And they move on. And it's like, okay, that was kind of funny, but like, I don't know. It, it just, you know, it seems very like patting itself on the back yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So there's, it's got a little bit of that. But then it's got other stuff where it's like, I can't believe a person just said that. Like, I am the grossest person I know and I make the most unpleasant jokes to my friends <laughs> like the gross out game. I usually win and I'm not happy about that, <laughs> but like this still would said some things that I was just like, Oh no, <laughs> like that's in my brain now. <laughs> so if that's something you think you would find fun, I recommend. Um, and if not, I understand. <laughs> if not, you've always got uh, Lego star Wars. Oh, stars. <laughs> That's right. It'll always be there for you. Is this your animation news? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my news. Is uh, And it debuted this week on um, the Disney XD. I do not have, and I have not seen. But oh, okay. uh, I wouldn't mind watching, I think, because I enjoy the Legos and the Star Wars. Yes. Have you checked out the other new Star Wars that started that had like Poe Dameron in it real briefly and it follows our guy? No, I guy. haven't. I haven't. I heard it was like pretty kiddie but like still pretty good. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like, down to watch it. I'm. That's the one. The one good thing I think of di- uh, about Disney picking up the Star Wars franchise is that there's a lot of good, pretty good comment uh, content out there, which mm-hmm. is you know better than better than nothing, right? And certainly better than the first three episodes. Uh, <laughs> because they, they, as formulated as it sometimes is, at least they put some thought into it and mm-hmm. they're vested into it to get something out of it as well. So it's like, it, they, uh, yes. they're incentivized to be good. Yeah, it's totally true. Like when you hear news, like, oh, after solo underperforming, they canceled the Boba Fett thing. It's like, oh, they're not just going to churn out garbage until we hate Star Wars. Yeah. They're like. Oops, we maybe went too far too fast. Let's pull back and yeah. let Star Wars remain uh, an event, an exciting thing to occasionally get, you know. So that's, Which I think is good because that's what I want out of Star Wars is I want it to be an event and not something that's just churned out. But I still also want a lot of new content as well. So mm-hmm. having like things like Lego Star Wars and the tertiary shows um, is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I don't watch them right away, I don't watch them right away. But at least I know that they're out there so that I will eventually get to them. Totally. Yeah, it's true. There's not a lot of – it's not like fucking like um, Better Call Saul where like every single week everyone I know is like, what? You're not watching Better Call Saul? <laughs> Jesus, fine. I'll watch all of Breaking Bad just so I can start this fucking show <laughs> just so you can go. It was good, wasn't it? Like we're not actually going to have a good conversation about it, so – yeah, I Every tried t- that. I tried watching Breaking Bad a few times. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I can't get into. it. I couldn't get yeah. into it. Yeah, it's kind of like the darkness mixed with the mundane. Yeah. And so it's like, oh yeah, man. Like I go to fiction for the opposite of yeah. Mundane. I don't want mundane, and I don't want darkness. So <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I'm going to watch my DuckTales now. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching season two? Yeah. Heck yeah. It's real good, right? Yep. For sure. <laughs> Has, did you see uh, yesterday's? I have not. Not yet. It's, uh, it's real good. <laughs> uh, on I saw on Reddit somebody goes, so best episode, right? And everyone was just like, yep, best episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know that I have the best episode to look forward to. I know. I mean, clearly now I've hyped it. And you'll be like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say best. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a new character that's sort of a side character in this episode. I, th- I feel like they might have, like be introducing her to like come back. And she's not like – like she's – she's like kind of the only sane character in this universe. So she doesn't like do, she doesn't trigger a lot of events, but she's sort of there to like pick up the pieces in a way that the show, you know, an insane universe desperately could use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But she's voiced by, um, I don't know if you've probably not watched the HBO show insecure. No, I have not. But in that show, there's like a group, like a group of four best friends and the like, ridiculous over the top sort of gross out uh like woman who's like kind of the clown of the group and she's like kind of overweight and she's like gets what she wants like very like girl don't judge me i'm gonna party like crazy like she's kind of got that vibe to her she's a lot of fun you know sort of breakout character she's the voice of this very sane (laughs) down-to-earth non-cartoony character and i just love the whole like voice acting allows you to totally break from your image you know? yeah yeah pretty cool um as opposed to the aforementioned jason manzukis from big mouth who is 
always Jason Manzukasi <laughs> in everything he's in. Um, I also really briefly wanted to mention. Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Ah, jeez. You're editing this one, right? <laughs> uh, I think you are actually. Ow! Sorry about that. Um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. We were going to mention it last week. Uh, it's kind of not necessarily the newest news, but hey, at least it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, there's several trailers out there. Um, and with the one that was released in early October, trailer number two, um, I am really excited to uh, to see this movie. It looks super fucking cool, like cool in the classic sense, like these characters are cooler than I am. Like, <laughs> uh, And it looks like it has a lot of heart. The relationship between Miles Morales and his dad is really sweet but funny. It looks very funny. It's got freaking Spider-Ham, also voiced by John Mulaney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's got fucking every Spider-Man incarnation. It's got Peter Parker and Miles Morales both meeting. Um, and then Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen shows up, uh, who I think was voiced by, um, by, uh, Anne from Arrested Development. What's her name? You know, Katara, I should probably have led with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mae Whitman, I think is her name. Um, so... Yeah, that looks fucking awesome. And it just looks really hip. And, like, the art style is really cool because, like, it keeps going into these, um, like, the dots from comic strips quality, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. the uh, pointillism or whatever. It's got that Lich- effect going. Lichtenstein type of thing. Lichtenstein. Uh, and uh, so that's really cool. And then the soundtrack is really neat. It's got, it's right, again, modern and hip. Um, and it's directed by um, Lord and Miller who we know and love from um, the Jump Streets and uh, from, uh, what are they? Oh, Lego Movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. There you go. That was their, like, start in the, the, like, that's what got got the attention to them. Um, And that movie is really fun and great animated picture. So, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, super excited. Uh, If you saw the terrible movie Venom <laughs> a few weeks ago, then you got to see that. I wouldn't say it was terrible. It All was right, fun. Enough. It was entertaining. What I heard was it was, it felt like a script left over from the like aughts, like the early aughts. Oh yeah. So like superhero <laughs> before Marvel changed the game basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, a good one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I should also both uh, uh, mention um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah. yeah. What is this crazy crap? An animated comedy. Oh boy. In the Star Trek <laughs> universe, I I am confused. <laughs> I am slightly aroused. Nerve. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm very nervous that this will not. That this will be Family Guy in space, uh, or Rick and Morty in space, because that's yeah. Michael McMahon is the uh, um, developer, series developer, mm-hmm. showrunner, show, yeah, whatever. And he's from Rick and Morty, yeah. Yeah, and apparently he's a big Star Trek fan, but 
A, they always say that. Yeah, they always say that. Everybody is. But uh, guess what, people? Everybody also has different facets to their personality and life that may or may not be good for writing a Star Trek animated comedy series. Yeah. I heard there was a Star Trek animated show in the works many years ago, and they've just they just did, like, character sketches. Not even, like... It was more like uniform sketches, like animation tests, basically, mm-hmm. stuff. And I was so excited because Star Trek is such a great, um, like, Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Like, that vibe would be yeah. perfect for Star Trek. That would be good. Um, and so finally they're doing one, and it's going to be a comedy. And it's lower deck, so it's like ensigns being like Mm -hmm. like it's all the jokes that we always make where it's like we talked about it like i think last week like the guy in the engine room that's like why is red alert happening no one tells me anything (laughs) like that's gonna be the whole show yeah that's the whole show and it's not even like it's like red dwarf is about the losers Mm. in space already Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. that um and even they had to spin it off into they're the only losers in space, right? <laughs> right, right. And so, I don't know, maybe there's a way to do this. I just feel like it would be very easy to... Like, the popular thing in comedy right now is to break the logic of the show. That's what's hip in, in animation, animated comedy right now. Yeah. And Star Trek can't do that unless it's like in episode one they go to the guardian of forever and they can like jump through different realities <laughs> for the rest of the show or something um but if they do one throwaway a uh, deadpool that's another great example deadpool is hip right now mm-hmm. it's not animated but it's the, the the movies are very big and if they do that where it's like a one-off it's like I know the the joke is that by saying a thing offhandedly and then pretending you don't care about you've like either devalued years of a thing or you've created a huge like well what is that you know the yeah. joke is like that you don't go into it yeah you can't do that with Star Trek <laughs> like, well he's a fan Max I don't understand what your uh, objections are I don't know like at this point like. <laughs> I don't own Star Trek. I'm just a fan, but I feel like CBS is trying is realized that Star Trek is a money-making possibility. Discovery did pretty well. Yeah. And so they're like, "Oh, that's our Marvel universe or that's our um fucking uh Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. a million different simultaneous properties to so that Every section of the audience can come to Star Trek. Yeah, they want. I think they that's want their goal. They want the hipster millenniums to come to Star Trek the way that they came to Rick and Morty. Literally, yes. right? <laughs> uh, you know, you're old when you call millennials millenniums. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they're called. <laughs> Those millimeters. Well, all right. So we hate everything except for a show from 2005. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just keep uh, keep on keeping <laughs> on with that. Um, and so, listeners, if you would like to – we'd love to know what you think about uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. what you think of Lego Star Wars, mm-hmm. what you think of uh, – I guess Avatar The Last Spider-Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the shit we talked about, we'd love to hear your take on it because I feel like it's just – us two agreeing with each other. And so uh, 
<laughs> breath of fresh air to hear from y'all. So email us at onairbender at gmail.com. Jump on our Facebook group. That's Low Charisma Party. Um, lots going on there. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at onairbender. It's a lot of good stuff there. Um, some real weirdos being retweeted. It's mm-hmm, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hashtag my cabbages and to, uh, to jump in the convo. We'll see you if you do that. Um, and the aforementioned website. Visit onairbender.com to see all of our previous episodes. And uh, who dang knows? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And and I apologize uh, for uh, me being kind of a drag this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Not bringing my A-game. Not as full of energy. It's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a a lazy Sunday. (laughs) Definitely a lazy Sunday episode. Um, but yeah, so we will, uh, lazily, um, with that, we will lazily climb on to, uh, Appa and we will, um, argue whether his name is Appa Mm -hmm. (laughs) and whether Sokka or Soka and, uh, we'll say, Hey, Katara, what do you think about, um, the Ongong (laughs) and, um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll point to the heavens in a random direction and say, uh, hip, hip, millenniums, <laughs> hip, hip, and then we'll fly away. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>